0: Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U.
1: Oh, hi, sorry, how are you? I apologize, I got so distracted. Welcome to Sabbath School University. Or for those of you who love abbreviations, SSU. I apologize, I had my phone or could have been my idol uh, out, so let me put that away, and uh, let's have a discussion. So I'm here, not by myself, I'm here with three beautiful guests, Andrea, Ben, and Noy, but uh, enough of me talking, let's hear from you.
2: Okay, um, we can start out with the verse, is that all right? Sure. Okay, um, we're at Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. It says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven?
1: and ben would you like to pray for us so we can start
3: this discussion let's go dear heavenly father i thank you for the opportunity to come together and i just ask that you would be with us here and that you would uh just guide us lord and really moderate this conversation and just help us to be open and honest and and share where we're coming from and how we see you working throughout your word lord be with us today in your name Amen. amen amen all right today's world I mean, we have idols everywhere. Maybe not necessarily
1: the idols that are uh, golden statues, uh, you know, or, I don't know, these monoliths, monolithic images that we had to bow down to or worship, but there are idols all over the place. But here in Matthew 18.1, you know, we see this narrative of uh, some of Jesus' followers asking him who is the greatest. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Little
0: and, problem I, you know, and I think, you know, looking at this, at this lesson this week. It says idols of the soul. Mm -hmm. You know, we think of idols as something that we can see, something that we can do or, you know, a habit. But a lot of times we don't realize that some of the biggest idols that we have are those, you know, either of characteristic or opinions or, you know, belief structures. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that is what can Keep us separated from God. Mm-hmm. 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 Very interesting. So idols of the
1: soul. Anyone else like to expound on that?
2: Um, I hope I'm not like jumping over to you know conclude our lesson today.
3: <laughs> yeah, <let's> not <laughs> but conclude too early. I'll try mm-hmm. not
2: to do that. But it, that what you said made me think um, that at the end of the day, it's it's yourself. You know, mm-hmm. idols is just basically something that comes from yourself, whether that's pride, whether that's whatever. It seems like that's where it stems out of, right. um, rather than God, obviously. Okay.
3: Well yeah, I, I mean I think idols uh, when we look at the ancient world and we say oh they had problems with bowing down to graven images and that sort of thing we can kind of say oh we don't we don't have that problem anymore as I browse Facebook constantly or I'm I'm making my own idols I'm choosing my own things that I'm putting above God or uh, above the relationships that I need to cultivate and um, I think that's I mean idols of the soul is is really a good overall comprehensive description of something that we deal with that isn't antiquated. It's very real and very prevalent today.
0: Mm. Okay, one of the things, you know, we struggle probably the most, and if you continue reading the verse from there, I know the memory verse is 18 verse Mm one, but if you continue reading on, uh, you will see, you know, Jesus says, you know, unless you change and become like little children, this is in verse three, it says, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God and we wonder you know what is it about what is special about children in verse 4 he says whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of god and so you know some of our idols sometimes is you know thinking of too much of ourselves and not realizing that you know we need to depend on god or you know compared to god we're not as big as we think we are
1: hmm. and i think jesus was very smart here because you know the way the disciples phrase this question they're like So Jesus, huh? you know, like, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? But Jesus was smart, and and he's done this um, so many times in the New Testament where he looked directly uh, through to the person's heart, and he knew exactly what um, they were thinking. And so it's funny that you say that where in verse 4, and we're talking about Matthew 18 here with Mm -hmm. idols of the soul. uh, Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes once this child in my name welcomes me. He was talking about humility. You know, so there are a lot of times where we're dealing with with idols, and one of those idols could be pride. You know, are there situations in the Bible maybe where someone dealt with pride before we bring it to ourselves? Any situation there? Someone had pride as an idol
0: that comes to mind? Well, there's a bunch of them. I'm thinking of Lucifer. Okay. Um, You know, the original Fall. Oh, yeah. He's pretty famous for that. Yeah. Uh Um, Then, again, Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Mm Yep. So. David, David yeah. in a sense yeah. as well.
3: Oh, start, starting with the good guys. You know? Saul. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Jonah, absolutely. Jonah,
0: right.
1: okay. Yeah. So some of the names are starting to pop up. And these, you know, these are famous people in the Bible struggling uh, sometimes with pride. Uh, what about us now?
2: I think that's exactly... Um, it's so interesting how pride seems to be where it all starts from. And I think at that point, that obviously reflect, you know reflects in your relationships. Hmm. And um, a lot of times if there's a breakdown in how you are um, interacting with people it, it comes mm-hmm. down to pride and so if someone hurts you if someone offends you um, you get stuck with that and um, jesus talked about that in uh, matthew chapter 18 verse 15 and i i just think this is really interesting um i'll read a few verses here but we'll start with verse 15 okay. uh, it says moreover if your brother sins against you go and tell him his fault between you and him alone Um, So Jesus outlines this process of how to take care of, you know, if someone offends you. Um, And later on, he goes and he talks about, you know, uh, Peter asked him, like, well, what about forgiveness? You know, the other side of things. And um, I was thinking about this because uh, both sides, it has to do with pride. And um, for me, like asking for forgiveness is pretty hard. I mean, that's obviously really humbling. But I was thinking, why is it? For me, it's even harder to go ahead and go to someone and be like, hey, you you hurt me. Like, yeah. you did something wrong. And not only, like, it's not like Jesus says, like, that's okay. He's like, you go to that person, and if they don't listen to you, you get somebody else. And then if that doesn't work, you take it in front of the church. Like, that's kind of embarrassing to admit to everyone that, like, this person offended me. They did something wrong. But I think um, it, it shows your vulnerability and your humility to be able to do that and it's important to be able to preserve relationships and that you're, you're keeping god um, at the forefront rather than than yourself sure yeah
0: sometimes we are too proud to admit that we can get hurt mm-hmm. or you know or that we were offended we want to believe or we want others to think you know we're invincible we're strong yeah. we're doing okay and it's you know it's it's hard to admit to other people that we've got struggles too
2: right mm. and i don't know if that's just me like is it harder for a other people to ask for forgiveness rather than this? Is that just, I don't know if that's just me, but.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, it's happened with me. I remember I had a story in high school where my father would give me two bucks. Not that he was cheap, but, you mm-hmm. know, he gave me two bucks every day to get lunch. And I remember we had gotten in an altercation earlier that morning, and I felt like I was right, and I did not want to say <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But then again, I do not want to be that one broke guy, you know, <laughs> come lunchtime. Right, yeah. And so right before I you know, it's gonna leave for the house. I turn around, go to the bedroom, and I was like, Dad, <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And so he thought about it for a little bit. He's like, all right, and he pulls out <laughs> two wrinkly dollar bills, and he gives it to me, you know? And so I thought about it. I was like, man, you know, I could have almost made an idol, mm-hmm. uh, my pride, an idol. And mm-hmm. if that happened, it would cause me to fall, and it would cause me to, you know, remain hungry for a good amount of the day. Uh, but
0: mm-hmm. doesn't it, c- couldn't this even happen in, in our church, you know, Abs- in some cases? Absolutely, and, you know, I think, you know... A lo- what's important about this passage here as well if you look at verse 15 Mm -hmm. it tells us the reason for Mm -hmm. you know for reconciling the difference it's a lot of times we'll do it to prove that we are right Mm -hmm. but you know verse 15 over over here says if he listens to you you have won your brother Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have gained a brother Mm. and so the the reason or the purpose behind this is keeping that relationship going it's not to prove that you were right not to prove that you were stronger or superior it's to prove that he's your brother you're on equal terms
2: Mm. Mm. yeah and how are we able to do that though what you know whether it's offer forgiveness or whether it's you know, admit that somebody hurt us, what is it that enables us?
3: Yeah, that's the hard part. <laughs> well, I think the relationship is a crucial part because it's the fact that the person, the individual that did something wrong to you is introduced as your brother. You, have, mm-hmm. you already have a relationship with that person mm-hmm. and you should be willing to strive to maintain that relationship. And you see, even at the end, um, the last verse, uh, Matthew 18, verse 17, he says, and if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. So that relationship has changed, but one thing that I think is really important, and I don't want to kind of let this go by the wayside, is that just because that individual is now a heathen or a tax collector, God asks us to reach out to those people too. So Mm -hmm. the relationship may have changed, but the relationship does not go away. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where you see the value, is that you don't want that person to go from a relationship like a brother, to something that close, something that's blood tied, you don't want to see it go from that to being someone outside of the fold, someone that's in, in the view of these people would have been an outsider or someone looked down upon. You know, if you love your brother, you'll do what you need to do. Right. that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense.
2: And I, Well, just one other thing, too, is I think that's where we look at Jesus um, and, mm-hmm. and what he was willing to go through for us on the cross. Like if, if he can do that for us, um, when we were able to really put ourselves in that situation and understand that, it, it gives us, you know, it seems kind of silly, like, if we can't offer that forgiveness to somebody else or if we can't humble ourselves enough to, you know, say, you hurt me. Um, mm. But, yeah, it comes down to that, that relationship.
1: Uh, it makes a lot of sense, relationship, continuing to be humble. I mean, for some of you, if you're just joining us, we are uh, here at Sabbath School U talking about idols of the soul and how some of these idols can be detrimental, sorry, all idols, in a sense, can be detrimental uh, to our heart, to our spirit, to our mind, and how do we focus on you know, the true, true um, being or creator
0: we're supposed to worship, which is Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're talking about relations over here. You know, we're calling, you know, the person that sins against us a brother. And I think that a lot of times is, you know, where our problem starts because we like to think of ourselves um, perhaps, well, it was a, problem in the bible as well you know where the disciples kept asking god you know who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom who's going to be you know higher than the others we we wonder about that too you know in our church who's the greatest in our church whose role is it to go and seek forgiveness or who must mediate am i being the bigger person Uh when i go to them and i think that's you know that's not the issue over here that jesus is trying to tell us and sometimes that's our idol um matthew chapter 20 it has a story of the parables it has a parable of the workers in the vineyard give us a little bit of time we're going to matthew chapter 20 here okay and the verse well i mean it goes from verse 1 to verse 16. okay where where the landowner goes out and gets workers at different times of the day and he brings them all back in and you know some work for six hours some for four some for two Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you know they all get paid the same and you know the line that we always go to, verse 16, and we love this because it says the last will be first, and the first will be last. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, with this relational thing, we think let's go last that way we'll be first. Mm-hmm. But we're still thinking in a hierarchy.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that's uh, that's definitely an idol that we can have too of, of making ourselves kind of a, we almost get a savior complex and be like, oh well, I'll. I'll be the one that makes the first move, and oh, we right. kind of had we kind of take ourselves to this point where we think we've done everything that we're supposed to do, and and that we're um, we're therefore good people. I want to I want to look actually on that same topic at um, Matthew nineteen, mm-hmm. Matthew nineteen, uh, verse s- verses sixteen through verses sixteen through twenty three. Okay, and I'm just going to paraphrase this basically this rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says what do I need to do what do I need to do to inherit the kingdom of heaven sure he said what 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 is one what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life and so Jesus says okay well that's easy I mean keep the commandments and guy says which ones which is weird because commandments I I feel like that's a pretty encompassing statement (laughs) but anyways he says which ones Jesus lists them off. He says, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these things I've kept from my youth, what do I still lack? And Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening here is Jesus is saying, look, you, you can be good, but there's still something holding you back. Mm-hmm. And it i mean the the focus on the rich young ruler is the fact that he was rich young and a ruler he's got a lot of things going for him (laughs) you know he's he's got he's rich he's he's got lots of life got lots of youth and he's got power Mm -hmm. and jesus is saying which of these is holding you back and is is it all of those things that are holding you back Hmm. and yeah so
1: hmm. ben i mean you're you're hitting the nail on the head but i mean like that same narrative could be applied to all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, oh my goodness, but I go to church all the time. Uh-huh. You know, I one out of every 10 minutes of my life is in church. I give everything. Uh-huh. But God is like, but there's one thing you still like. Uh-oh. Uh, you you were going to say something. So, yeah,
0: I was going to say you know, the question that this guy is this rich young man is asking is probably the same question that a lot of us are trying to analyze. How much can I keep for myself and still be saved? Yeah. Mm. I don't, w- line, yeah. yeah, how much is enough? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, you know, what can't, you know, or perhaps, you know, make it more personal. What is it in my life that I'm not willing to give up mm. to follow Jesus?
2: Yeah, or that you That's feel true. like sometimes you don't even realize yeah. until you, you realize that you're fighting for it or that you're trying to preserve it. Like, yeah. just like, okay, you can have it. You can have this a little bit more, a little bit more. But at some point you realize, you know you're hanging on mm-hmm.
1: that's true. Yeah. That's true. Noy makes a great point from time to time you know I'll sit in my house uh, just quiet and I will scan um, the living room or wherever I am at that time and I'll ask God i say God is there anything is there anything in this uh, house or in this room that I feel like I can't give up for your sake and I really have to look and and honestly speaking I I actually feel free. I'm like, oh okay. there's nothing here right now.
2: And, and I'm the same way with like material stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, you can flood my house and mm-hmm. it, it's sad, but it's not a really big deal for me. But when I was reading this, um, I was thinking, you know, what about what people think of me or, or opinions or, mm. you know, sometimes it's the person that we're trying to please the most um, mm. or there's a certain person or position that we think is going to offer us, um, you know, satisfaction if we can just get that person's approval and we end up becoming slaves or, or really we're worshiping um, yeah. that person
1: on the other side we can make an idol even of our on our own positions mm-hmm. you know there might be positions that we love and adore and we'll do everything
0: to keep not give up mm-hmm. so you know and, and I was going to get there it's easy for us to identify material idols that we can see but a lot of times the things I'm not willing to give up are the things that I cannot see
2: Right, mm,
0: you right. Know, my lifestyle, you know, perhaps a particular style of worship, mm-hmm. or um, you know, opinions that I have, those are so much harder to give up.
3: Yeah. Absolutely, and I think I think you make a good point there, Noy. And actually, you see this even in um, in verse twenty-seven of Matthew eighteen. Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew nineteen, verse twenty-seven. So they've just watched this. the 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 disciples have just watched this unfold with the rich young ruler, and basically, yeah. he gets yeah. told, you know, you. you I don't see how you're going to get eternal life without giving away these things, and the rich young ruler leaves sad. And so Peter, Peter answered and said to him, "We have left all and followed you. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, what shall we have?" And that's an excellent point: is that we are so—it's so easy to, to to look at the things, the material things of this world, and be like, "Okay, well, obviously, yeah, that's that's not holding me back. If I if I had to give up TV for Jesus, that." That would be okay, but how often are we, are we saying, okay, well, I don't have anything that I need to give up, but is, is there anything else? Is there anything not physical, anything unseen that, that is holding me back?
2: Yeah, and I think sometimes we—that's where God's grace comes in and allows you know mm-hmm. some of those good old tests that bring that to surface because sometimes we don't. We think we're doing pretty good. We have nice people around us, and we have you know we're doing pretty good at our job, and so we think we're we're great until. He allows some of those things to challenge and bring those things to the surface, and then we can realize pretty fast.
0: And as, as I think about this story here, and you know how everything, I mean, that we've been reading today seems to talk about you know equality among you know believers, brothers. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Jesus' message to this rich young ruler was, "Do you not see the difference between you and your brothers? Mm. Mm. Are you not troubled by the big gap between you and your brothers?" you're not supposed to be this way. You're supposed to be equals.
2: Well, and if, and if you think Jesus' whole point is to invite him to be his follower, what did Jesus do? I mean, he gave up <laughs> heaven to yeah. come down to earth. And if this guy can't give up his little <laughs> pearls, you know, or whatever it is.
0: And, you know, it's awesome because Jesus says, you know, give that up and come follow me. That's actually pretty, uh, that, that's a great reward right
1: there
2: mm-hmm. on its,
0: mm-hmm. on, in itself.
2: Yeah. It's true.
1: Yeah. I, and I like how you phrase it. It was like, give up, come follow me. And it's not like christ was like all right well come follow me and you'll get this mug or come follow me and you know i'm gonna give you a hundred million dollars you know it's just like this is like come follow me and you know uh and experience the
0: joy um that you will have by following Mm -hmm. experience that so and yeah. that 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 was his question. What must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus is one upping his request. Not only will you get eternal life, you get to be part of the mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be my follower. You're gonna do what I do. Mm-hmm. And I think the rewards, you know, for what he would have to give up, uh, far outweigh no the way. sacrifice.
3: And I, I think I think the reward is the relationship. It's like what you said. I, you can look at eternal life, but I like to think that even if eternal life weren't on the table the relationship with Jesus would be enough hmm. mm-hmm. to give up everything that this world has to offer just the chance to experience God would be would be worth it
2: and the opposite i mean if you had eternity in a nice place without Jesus would it really be that awesome i mean yeah
1: probably not that's huge mm-hmm. coming back to relationship and everything we've been talking about idols of the soul and i think sometimes uh, idols of the soul is you believing you have everything you have ever wanted, but it coming at the cost of you having that relationship. You know, I, I mm-hmm. you know, I've had developed some great friendships in college and I realized, you know, after a while, if I haven't talked, you know, to some of my friends over a long period of time, I really start to miss them. And as guys, it's harder, you know, tell another guy, like, you know what, yeah, I miss uh-huh. you, bro. I <laughs> you know, it's, it's really hard to do that. But but one day I was like I re- you know, I, I hit them up and I was like, guys, you know, I miss you guys. And, and more than that, I actually love you guys. I genuinely miss the time we had together. And I think we were all craving that and we all eventually admitted it at the same time. And there was such freedom in that. There's mm-hmm. so much freedom in
0: relationship and freedom in love, and that's what God, I think, was trying to show us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we talk about friends getting together, I remember, you know, when I was in school and we had friends, there was never any debate between us about who was better than the mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. There was never a debate, you know, who's the leader of our crew, who do we have to, you know, get approval for the things that we do. And, you know, I think the verse that we go to, the last will be first and the first will be last is probably more accurate, you know, in a setting like that, where we would read it as the first will be the same as the last, Mm -hmm. the last will be the same, will be the same as the first. And it's not a line of who's in front, but just the fact that everyone is side by side. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful.
1: God takes this hierarchy of position and placement and steamrolls it Mm -hmm. and says everything that you know down here, it doesn't make sense up there. Yeah. So whatever letters you might have at the end of your name, Mm -hmm. whatever position you might have in your organization, that doesn't exist up there. Mm -hmm. Right. You're you're on the same playing field. Mm -hmm. I love it.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I love it. So, yeah, like I said, continuing talking about idols of the soul. Uh, you know, being product, products of our environment, how does our environment sometimes play a role in, you know, how we might idolize certain things or dealing with this idol, idol of the soul, war of the soul kind of aspect? How does our environment play a role?
0: I think, uh, you know, at least, you know, in our, the life around us, a lot of times we believe that we should get something in return for something that we give. Mm-hmm. And we must be properly adequately compensated for our sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everything that Jesus does here does not make sense to us. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the hardest part about us following Jesus is what do I get in return?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think also environment uh, makes me think of culture. And I think different cultures value um, or maybe idolize different things differently. So maybe for America, for, for some, you know, for example, like there's someone who lives out in the country and they're just used to whatever um, and then they move to a more urban area, and all of a sudden, every everybody around them values stuff differently, or um, mm-hmm. maybe appearance differently. Um, and the same, even just with you know third world countries or whatever, they may not have that temptation to idolize things as much because they have gotten along without it. But they may value um, other things, maybe you know a chief's opinion or something right. like, mm-hmm. yeah. like that. But yeah, it can it can depend on culture sometimes. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So, uh, in our culture, it may not necessarily be a, a cheap's opinion, mm-hmm. you know, as uh, Andrea stated. But uh, you know, definitely some other things, you know, like phones. You know, for instance, I know we started off the show with um, me and my phone. You could spend so much time in your phone and not realize that it's an idol. You know, and that can affect a lot of relationships, a lot of marriages, you know, people just walking side by side. Uh, One author, I think her name is Sherry Turkle, she wrote a book called Alone Together, and how, you know, there are a lot of people that spend so much time with technology or in their devices, you know, in social places that they don't realize that even though they're in community, they're really alone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do we solve that? Because we're creating, we're actually creating idols without realizing
2: it. Yeah. That is true, and do we recognize? I'm just thinking of how else do we recognize idols? I guess um, what we spend our money on, what we spend our time on. I don't know if there's anything else, but what we spend our energy on energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We're uh, slowly coming down, you know, uh, to the, the end of this discussion. So let's mm-hmm. kind of bring the plane down just a little bit. Again, talking about idols of the soul. We were talking about the disciples and how they were arguing over position and who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We were talking about a rich young ruler. What did he have to give up to receive uh, the kingdom of heaven to inherit eternal life? Any uh, uh, thoughts as we wind down this discussion on
0: idols of the soul? I think for me, the most important thing, you know, in seeking a relationship with God is to realize that sometimes I myself am what's keeping me from God that I'm the one there may not be you know a physical idol that i can look at but my opinions my you know what i think of people or what i think of religion perhaps even my religion and my faith is what's keeping me from god mm-hmm. and i must learn to be able to give all of that away and surrender everything to god to follow him truly yeah.
1: mm-hmm. that's the
3: it's, it's always incredible to me. I mean, following Jesus should be the easiest decision. It's just absolutely <laughs> right. a no brainer what you're giving up right. versus what you're getting with the relationship with Jesus. But it's just, it's, it's really easy to just choose your own thing, you know? And I don't know, it, it does take a, an intentional effort Yes, you have to be intentional about seeking mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. very intentional i love that
2: um andrew yeah i just um i think there are times when we recognize that there's an idol because i think half the battle is maybe recognizing that we might have something that's in front of god in front of jesus um but there are times when i think we recognize it but we don't want to let it go um and for me i think the most important thing is is to look at jesus even if i realize that and i'm like okay god i don't know what to do about this because i don't want to let it go um but when I look at Jesus, when I ask for that help, and I see his example, um, it inspires me. And um, I just realize, like, if he could do all of that and give it all up, then I should be able to mm. as well. Yeah.
0: And, but you know, I, nice. I think, you know, in realizing what our idols are, the easiest thing to do would be what the rich young ruler did, is to go to God in prayer and ask him, what must I give up? To be you. willing
2: to follow and through be, if he yeah. asks you for something that you don't want to
0: do. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Let's
1: all be willing to give up everything. Andrea, yeah. Ben, Noy, I don't want to give you guys up. <laughs> At least not yet. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on our discussion and thank you for joining us. If you would like to see more of the show or even contact us, visit sabbathschoolu.org. That is sabbathschool, the letter U, dot org. Remember, the goal of this Bible study is for information and transformation. It is for the head and for the heart, check us out. Stay with us. Continue to 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 study with us. We want to hear from you. I'm Elroy Byum.